Everybody, welcome back to Podcast Weekly. I'm your host Noah V. Here today with me is Gabe, River, Ben, and Smiles. Now, the topic for today is the Red Summer of 1919. Now, in the Red Summer of 1919, there were hundreds of deaths in multiple cities due to riots that broke out. Now, Gabe, can you tell me more about what happened in these riots? Thanks for having me, Noah. And yes, I can. Riots expanded all throughout the United States in cities like Charleston, Sylvester, Hobson City. Scranton, Syracuse, Washington, D.C., Chicago, and Elaine. The biggest ones of these was Washington, D.C., Chicago, and Elaine. In Washington, D.C., a white man initiated a riot after hearing that a black man had been accused of rape. This mob of white men randomly beat African-American pedestrians and pulling them out of streetcars. For about four days, African-Americans and white residents fought. By the near end of these riots, four white men and two African-Americans were killed. An estimated 50 people were seriously injured. In Chicago, the most violent of these race riots began after a black man swam on the wrong side of the beach, the south side, and was stoned and drowned by white men. In Elaine, Arkansas, whites tried to disband the organization efforts of African-American sharecroppers. During these riots, about 100 African-Americans and five whites were killed. In a quote from PBS.org, in a span of 10 months, more than 250 African-Americans were killed in at least 25 riots. All told, at least 1,122 Americans were killed in racial violence over those six years. All right. Thank you, Gabe. Today we're going we're gonna to focus on the Chicago riots. Now, now I'm wondering why all this happened. Ben, can you tell me why this happened and how it started? Well, thank you for having me, Noah. Um, so there are three main causes of these riots. Uh, they were the labor shortages, the Great Migration, and the racial strifes. So in the labor shortages, the factories in the Midwest and the North were experiencing labor, or were experiencing these shortages because of World War I. Many of the, uh, the white Northerners had enlisted in the war so they could not work, and then the government had also stopped immigration from Europe. In the Great Migration, about 500,000 African Americans moved from the South to the North to escape the Jim Crow laws, segregation, and the unemployment. In the racial strife, the working class white uh, men and women had resented these African Americans because they had now become the new competition in these unemployment times. Very good. Thank you, Ben. Now, Smiles, can you tell me why the, why the white people would attack, attack the black people like this? Thanks for having me, because white people were racist at the time. Separate but equal is defined as racially segregated, but also ensuring equal opportunities to all races. As Ben mentioned, they were trying to expand Jim Crow laws, such as segregation was enforced for public pools, phone booths, hospitals, asylums, jails, and residential homes for all the elderly and handicapped. Some states required separate textbooks, black and white students. New Orleans mandated the segregation of prostitutes according to race. All right, that's very interesting, Smiles. Now, Gabe, you said you had more to say about this. Elaborate? Yes, I can. Common belief among the white working class was that black people would take their jobs, and then veterans would be left homeless when they come home. Piggybacking off of Miles' comment on separate but equal, white residents didn't permit the mixture of black residents with white residents. So separate bathroom, public utilities, schools, restaurants, etc. were important to prevent the mixture of whites and blacks. 
And also, unlike the Native Americans, white residents believed in repatriation, which is a returning of someone to their own country, rather than trying to assimilate African American like Native Americans to Anglo-Saxon and American culture. However, this ideal of repatriation wasn't a liable outlet for change because by this time, nearly all African Americans were born within the United States. So this can so that way they couldn't be sent anywhere. All right, very good, very good. Now, River, could you give me about the other side of this and tell me tell me what the black people were feeling about this? Yeah, I appreciate you for having me, Noah. Uh, well, World War One was very much a broken promise for basically all African Americans, but the people who felt the brokenness of that promise the most were the veterans who had gone and risked their lives for this supposed war to make the world safe for democracy and then came home to find out that the country was still going to deny African Americans the privilege of democracy. And when white people started rioting and attacking African Americans, some now had a military background and they had the ability to fight back. As you can see in a lot of the riots, there are multiple deaths on both sides as it wasn't completely one-sided. Although there was uh, at least 13 veterans lynched across the United States after the war. Many of them were in uniform, which, when worn in public, many white people saw as an affront to America's racial caste system. Thank you, River. That was very good. Now, that seems to be all the time we have for today. So I hope, hope we brought a little insight to you guys about the, uh, the red summer of 1919. And I want to say thanks to my guests for coming on today. Thanks, everybody, also for tuning in and to Podcast Weekly. And tune in next week as we talk about March Madness.